lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, filling out mock drafts leading up to the actual draft in April, filling out March Madness brackets that are going to be dumpster fires within the first weekend of the tournament here. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a wash party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Happy Halloween and happy official start of college football playoff season. So the first set of CFP rankings set to be released tonight. We're about to get a glimpse of how the committee sees the college football landscape through these first nine weeks of the season. There's def going to be a few surprises. Okay, committee typically has some variants from the AP top 25 and ahead of the rankings release. Sarkeesian, Steve Sarkeesian, took an opportunity to make a case for his Longhorns. He doesn't normally do this, but he did do this. I'd argue we have the best win in the country right now. Um, the fact that we go into Tuscaloosa, Alabama and beat a team that was 52-1 and one, uh, in the previous 53 games of us going in there. Um, and I hear so much about how, how tough the SEC is, but I haven't seen any of those teams go into Alabama and win either. So I feel pretty good about our team. Um, and I think over time this whole thing will play itself out. So we've got to focus on what we need to do Saturday and, and play our best football. Sell, 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 sell. I mean, <laughs> hey, he makes a fair point, fellas, okay? He makes a fair point. And now you have special guest, ESPN senior writer Heather Dinich here with us to discuss this and more. Yes, very excited. Heather Dinich does a phenomenal job covering college football overall, but is the czar of the college football playoff yes. committee. She's got her ear on the door outside of a very well-catered room at a hotel in Dallas each and every year. So, Heather, is this like a reunion for you being back down there now? Yes, it's like a holiday, though I don't know what holiday it is because there's Halloween stuff, there's Christmas stuff, you know, it's like a casino in here, guys. I don't know what time it is, what the weather is. Oh, I, I love that analogy. So, so your Wonder Woman, dressed up as Wonder Woman, is there anybody on the committee that Ooh. you believe is going to be wearing a costume? <laughs> Have you seen the pictures of these guys? <laughs> <laughs> I would have to bring them one and, and twist their arm. I don't think so. Though it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if somebody presented me with with a witch hat because you know, <laughs> it's a big, pick your fan base, right? Whoever's left out. 
Absolutely. There's always a lot of uh, stakes associated when we start putting a number to this because as everyone should be aware right now, we are in year 10 of the college football playoff. And so as we go into this, while we've had the AP pull out here, this is entirely different, entirely separate. Uh, Heather, as far as the other parameters going into tonight, what should people remember to start off with as we get to this first round of college football rankings reactions from the logistical standpoint? People should remember how important statement wins are to this group. And Georgia doesn't have one. Their best wins are against Kentucky and Florida, which are both now three lost teams. Are either of those teams ranked by the committee? Because if they're not, Georgia doesn't have any top 25 wins. So the biggest question going in tonight, aside from who is number one, is how does the committee weigh resume Versus eye test. And it sounds like a cliche, but it is the absolute truth because, quite frankly, Ohio State might be the best combination of those two to make a case for the top spot. Because if Penn State and Notre Dame are both top 15 teams by the committee, then who else in the country has two top 15 wins and is coming off a road win against a very respectable, well-coached Wisconsin team? Um, you know, and while they haven't been as dominant offensively, you look at Kyle McCord, two turnovers in that game. But at the same time, you've got a Heisman contender in Marvin Harrison Jr. You saw what they can do when Travion Henderson comes back after a month and just takes off for 162 yards. But Michigan's the most complete team in the country, hands down. So how do they weigh the fact that Michigan looks so good, but their best win is against six and two Rutgers? So we, we sit there and look at what the the, the four will be tonight. And, and then the thought is, obviously, if they keep winning, they're going to be in. But Heather, how about the positioning for five through ten and just how important that is of where the committee is going to put you? It's super important. And who is the highest ranked one loss team? We heard Sark talk about Texas. And he's right, but with a slight clarification right now, he has the best non-conference win. Hmm. I would argue that Washington has the best win as we sit here today against Oregon, which, again, back to the one loss teams, is Oregon or Texas the highest one loss team? Does any two loss team have a chance? To your point, how far do you go down? The lowest anyone has ever been ranked in the initial CFP rankings and gone on to make the playoff is Ohio State. They were either 14th or 16th. Or 16th. 16th. They went on to win the whole darn thing. So to your point, like this is a starting point and it will offer us some very important clues. But everyone knows, including the committee, though they don't look ahead that this is going to change. And it should change because Michigan's toughest games fly ahead. I mean, there are a lot of teams that still have to play Washington and Oregon in the Pac-12. So there are a lot of moving pieces, but it's important to see where everyone is down there and where contenders' opponents are ranked as well. Heather, one of the things you talked about, some of the criteria in here, out-of-conference wins, marquee wins, and certainly we know things like conference championships are supposed to be valued by the committee, as well as head-to-head wins. And you brought up Washington and Oregon in the Pac-12, who Washington got the win out in Seattle on their home turf. It was a close game. A lot of people might look at that and say Oregon felt like the better team. And since then, Oregon has very much looked like the more dominant team out on the field. How long does a head-to-head win hold that kind of value for teams, and how does the committee wrestle with that? 
Well, if you guys remember in 2021, it didn't hold very, very long when Michigan State beat Michigan and they went ranked Michigan ahead of Michigan State and everybody lost their minds. And I think it could happen not with Washington and Oregon tonight, but with Texas and Oklahoma. One of college football's most storied rivalry games is Oklahoma ahead of Texas because they won that game or not because they just lost to Kansas and they didn't look good in that close win against UCF. Um, so I think that Washington stays ahead of Oregon right now because even though they haven't looked great in the last two games, they have found ways to win. The difference is Oklahoma loss. And the other thing, too, is that Texas has that win against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. And I realize that's different from the head-to-head result, but Oklahoma has nothing in its non-conference schedule comparable to that. I want to say their best win is against SMU in the non-conference. So, so much fun of this, Heather, is looking at different scenarios, right? And looming out there, not at the top now, and for them it's unbelievably low at number eight in the AP, is just Alabama lurking. So, here's my first scenario. Michigan runs the table, goes undefeated. Florida State through the championship game undefeated. Washington stays undefeated through Pac-12. Georgia stays undefeated, and then Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Now, Bama has one loss. Georgia has one loss. And there's three other undefeated teams. Does an undefeated team get knocked out of this thing? So in that particular scenario, I think those three undefeated teams you mentioned get in along with SEC champion Alabama. And I think Georgia's in trouble. And wow. I, think Georgia's, I think Georgia's in trouble as the SEC runner-up because of the same reason it could be in trouble right now which is its strength of schedule. Um, Tennessee would obviously be a great win for Georgia because that's at Tennessee. Um, Beyond that, guys, what are we talking about here with Georgia's schedule? And if you don't win your league, you face a higher burden of proof in that selection committee meeting room to prove you're one of the top four teams in the country. So eye tests would have to go a long way. And to this point, has Georgia passed the eye test every week? I don't know. No. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, w- would they beat Auburn if they had not had Brock Bowers in that game? Right, right. You're right. No, that's a fair point. And, and that's a great point, too. A very human committee supposed to also take into account at times who is on and not on the field here. We remember this came up uh, a couple of years ago in the Big Ten, specifically with some injuries there, but how they assess Georgia's performance now going forward without Brock Bowers. Heather, one of the other things that we've seen over the years is multiple teams from the same conference. The SEC obviously dominated that. We've seen in recent years Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten. Who would you say of the conferences that we have right now is best position to potentially field two playoff teams if things go the right way wow you know i feel i feel that's a tough question because as we sit here right now i want to say that this might be the year that it's extremely difficult for any league to get two teams in because we're talking about five undefeated teams here going into november um i guess if i had to answer that question i would stick with what we saw last year which is ohio state and michigan simply because it's a similar blueprint Ohio State did it last year because of wins against Notre Dame and Penn State. Where are they right now? (laughs) Making a case for number one because of wins against Notre Dame and Penn State. So can they beat Michigan? Does Michigan run the table and and Ohio State's only losses to them? Plus, does Florida State lose? We've seen the ACC go down a little bit in the last couple weeks. Clemson has four losses. Miami hasn't looked good. North Carolina lost again. So 
does Florida State have to go undefeated to finish in the top four? So we saw Cincinnati, before they went to the Big 12, be the first group of five to make it into the playoffs. And we have such a great story. We have Air Force sitting there at number 17, undefeated. And we know teams above them, the undefeateds, we're not going to have, you know, teams are going to start knocking teams from the undefeated ranks. Any shot at all for Air Force here? I know it's probably very minimal, but they may, maybe could get the New Year's Six Bowl, but where they could end up in this thing. So as somebody who lives in Annapolis, Maryland, I do have a soft spot because I know what it takes to play football at the academies and, and have an understanding for that. That being said, no, they have, they, yeah. they don't. <laughs> uh, it breaks my heart to say it, but that's the reality of the situation because of their schedule. And people can't believe I'm saying this, and it, I may be completely wrong, but they could have Tulane ranked ahead of Air Force when it comes out today, simply because mm. of the schedule strength. Tulane lost to Ole Miss. Um, I'm going to say their quarterback was out. It was a yep. different type of game. They're still a very talented roster. So that, to me, is also an interesting conversation in the committee room as well. But strength of schedule means so much, and Air Force just doesn't have it. Uh, it's going to be incredible. That conversation is one that Heather Dinich is going to hear tonight right outside the committee room's door here and be letting all of us in on here as she gets set to talk. Boo Corrigan, uh, by the way, the chairperson for the committee this season, so he's going to be the voice tasked with going on set and talking to Heather, talking to Herbie and those guys and trying to explain the decisions of the other 12 people in the room for him, which is always a really unenviable spot. Heather, thank you so much for joining us on a busy day. We really appreciate you giving us some time. Have a great day, and hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon. Thanks. Let me know if anybody gives you any trouble. We will. We Thanks, Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman ready. Yes, she is She's ready. All ready to yes. go here. Love Unbelievable that. stuff, as always, from <laughs> Heather, who uh, does a great job of oh. breaking down a really complicated picture around the college football playoff because, uh, again, this is completely separate from the AP poll here. This is supposed to be starting from a blank slate. It is the 13 members of this committee going in this room and debating this with combinations of, so like she said, resume points. We're going to talk about strength of record as one of the premier metrics that this committee uses here. Strength of schedule, remaining strength of schedule, game control, all these things, along with the eye test for a committee made up of former college football coaches, executives and athletic directors inside the sport, a number of different people. It's a complicated formula to try and whittle down that almost always ends in controversy. So, And it does because you can give all the metrics that you want but now you have 13 individual human beings breaking it down how they see fit using metrics, using the eye test. The eye test gets thrown around and debated every year. So let, let's you and I talk. As I said, I, I in all honesty, I, I would really love to be on this committee when I'm done in the media. I, I, I watch tape all the time. I think I could do a good job on this committee. You cover college football every single week. So how much of the eye test would you use because as you talked about the strength of record game control strength of schedule all that but when it comes down to watching the amount of tape that we would watch how much would come down to eye test for you I think it's certainly to me as a decider when all other things are close, right? Because I think ultimately, if you're going to preserve, people always talk about the value of the regular season, the value of the games. They've got to matter. Actually, playing and winning the games has to matter at some point. And so, what you've done, strength of record, is the stat that we talk about and throw around with this all the time. For anyone unfamiliar, strength of record is a measurement, a chance that the average top 25 team would have at 
winning your team's schedule or doing better. So accomplishing the same record, given the same schedule or better. And when you look at strength of record so far, Ohio State number one, Florida State number two, like we talked about, not surprising, Washington at number three, and Alabama at number four. Georgia's only down at number seven. It's not like what they've done has been a far cry statistically from everybody else when it comes to these resume points. They may lack, as Heather noted, that marquee win during the early portion of their season, but they're going to have a chance as the season goes on right now. They're sixth in remaining strength of schedule. That would include the SEC championship game where they'd have a chance for a win. And, Dad, seeing them in person at their best unload the clip on Kentucky on the, you know, at home uh, in between the hedges, that did look like the team. That moment where you got to see, yeah. okay, they've got a little bit of that. And part of this is we're dealing with a human committee who's watched for the last two years as Georgia has railroaded over college football and comes into this year with a lot of mental capital the same way that Michigan does. And so I think that eye test can be a differentiator when all other things are close or similar. Like, I would have them tonight, Dad, if we're looking at this. I would have Georgia. I would have the way the AP has it. I would have Me Georgia too. at one, Michigan at two, yes. Ohio State at three, at Florida State is four. I won't be surprised if that order is mixed up, but I think those are right. going to be the top four teams. And that's really all that matters. You could that's all that matters. Pretty much. I think any of those well, teams, aside from Florida State, you could sell me at number one between Michigan and Ohio State. You could put either of those teams at number one, and I'd be fine. But I think that's got to be your top four in any order. I agree, and which which then leads to why it's so important who's five, who's six, who's seven, because you know right out of the gate, Michigan and Ohio State play one another. So you know one of those teams is getting a loss. So who yeah. would be the next team primed to jump into the into the top four? So for me, I do think Washington will be five. Will yeah. be number five. I think that will be the team if they stay going undefeated would jump into the top four uh, over the loser of Michigan and Ohio State. And you have Oregon there again, but then again, Washington and Oregon. Hopefully, for the I, I hope for the sake of this race, end up playing in the Pac-12 conference uh, with the amount of losses and or no losses that they have right now. Weakest conference right now is ACC, right? But. If Florida yeah. State goes undefeated, they're in. Now, they are whooping teams. I'll give them that. But they're the weakest conference right now. But Florida State is in if they go undefeated. They definitely are. I think looking at five and six, I, I think I, I was a little too eye test. I originally wrote this down. Washington should be at five. And then you yes. probably have to have, like, the Texas and Oklahoma <laughs> debate is going to be fascinating because Oklahoma did get that win but then just lost to Kansas. Yep. And we know the recency of this. It's always mm -hmm. lose early, not lose yes. late. There are a few hard and fast rules in the college football playoff. I used to do a ranking and reaction show with Jason Fitz when we were at ESPN. And two losses has been a non-starter in the 10 years now of the college football playoff, the nine previous. We haven't had a two-loss team go and be able to make it into the college football playoff. And usually if you get blown out, that's also your chance to exit the conversation in a lot of these things. But for Texas, they do have that Marquiata conference win. Their one loss was in a close rivalry game where they turned the ball over a ton and still looked like they had a chance to win it late. Do you put them or Texas, I think, at the sixth spot and then some version of it's going to be Washington or probably Oklahoma, Texas, and then Washington or and then Oregon, excuse me, in that five, six, seven, eight slot organizing below the top four. And you know who where it doesn't matter if they're six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or whatever, is Alabama. If Alabama keeps winning, and they have a big one this week with LSU, that's a monster game. But if Alabama ends up in the title game with Georgia and they beat Georgia, I agree with Heather. They're in, right? I mean, they're 
they're oh, yeah, that to be in. So it for for that one, it doesn't matter where Bama is because they have that potentially on the horizon to just fly under the radar, as under the radar as you can be for one of the top ten teams in the country, and still have that chance to be there at the end of the year. A hundred percent. I think if you look at the teams that are true contenders, because like Heather mentioned. In year one, 16th ranked Ohio State yes. ended up jumping TCU in the last weekend. Cardale right. Jones takes them on this ride, and they win the first CFP championship. But we've had other teams start off with their initial ranking in the teens, in the low tens. And so there are teams plenty down here that are going to have an opportunity. You look at who I actually think the contenders are at this point, Dad. I think the Pac-12, it's Washington and Oregon. I think that's become a two-team race now since right. USC's let the air out of the balloon. Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, I don't think still technically out of it because of the opportunities ahead of them, although now after the loss to Ohio State, they'd need help getting to the Big Ten championship, so they would need a lot of help there. The SEC, Alabama, Georgia, and I think Missouri going into this weekend. Well, a one-loss team going into a matchup against number 1-ranked Georgia on the road this weekend. That would vault into one of the best uh, wins of the season and get them into the SEC championship where they'd be able to potentially beat an Alabama. You talk about 16 being the lowest rank. Look at 13 to 16. LSU is 13. They have two losses. They're not getting in. Missouri is the team. Yeah. With the big matchup this week at Georgia, they're, they're sitting AP number 14. They'll be in the teens probably tonight, but they have a shot. Louisville is sitting at 15 in the AP. You know, with with one loss. And Oregon State, two losses. Air Force, Heather already said, doesn't have a, a shot being undefeated. So the, I think Missouri, out of that, or those teams, has the best shot if they can pull off the big win this weekend, a game you're covering. Yeah, Louisville got dropped by Pitt, so yep. I'm going to exit yep. them they're from done. the chat based mm-hmm. off that. By the way, rank the Dukes. The committee already said they're not going to. Justice for James Madison. Yes. Cowards. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Obviously, it's Halloween, okay? And the most popular sports-related costume, it's going to be Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, okay? We already know it. Mm-hmm. We already know it's going to happen. So we have this uh, spirit of Halloween, Taylor Swift's boyfriend thing, as you can see. But also, Travis Kelsey gave out some helpful facts for people who may be trying to dress up as him. The mustache is slowly starting to disappear, but I'll tell you what, man, that stash in the 87 jersey was pretty iconic there for a little bit. Um, and it was, de- and I had it when I, when I met Taylor for the first time, so I guess just my, my stash, and then, um, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe uh, what is it, a, uh, who knows, man, what else, what else? Football, maybe? Oh, maybe a bracelet or something, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, I love how so, much he yeah. struggled to come up with costume additions he did. for himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, so what am I? Who we came I? up with our own. So it includes a jersey, mustache, ill fitting, and ugly pregame outfit, two Super Bowl rings, not included, Whoa. height, and good looks. Oh, come on. His style is. Ugly not- pregame yes. outfit. I stand by that. 
Really? Wow. wow. Okay. He, he like, goes to like parish fashion week and stuff. He's exactly. supposed to be one of the guys that actually knows. Okay, so but you just said the quiet part out loud. Have you ever seen something on a runway at Fa- Paris Fashion Week that you thought actually looked good? Yeah, you're exactly right. I, I, see, I see. I see. I see highlights of that, and I'm like, who wears that? I'm like, who would wear that? That's, Why is it Jared like Leto? That? Who's getting it? Jared yeah. Leto. He wears it, and it looks crazy. And now no, I am very. I agree. I agree with you, Jesse. I, I wonder agree. if he'll wear the 1989 cardigan at the upcoming game here. It just dropped with the new re-release. Said Oof. it would look phenomenal. That feels oh, like gosh. his kind of style, and it oh, never boy. goes out no, of style. So, sorry. Right, so we've got the Travis Kelsey <laughs> Halloween starter pack there. I understand we've already also got some other Halloween starter kits as well, Jesse. Yes. So in this same vein, okay, we have like the spirit of Halloween um, graphic here. You can take a look at it. So we're gonna have you guess who this is, okay? So, okay. aging football coach. It includes six Super Bowl rings, <laughs> a hoodie, a whistle to spin. It does not include wide receivers or a Super Bowl quarterback. Wow, I didn't even need the explanation. Yeah. As soon as I saw this one, I could tell that was a hoodie and knew it was Bill Belichick. Yes, oh, I can say that is yeah. a very recognizable yeah. silhouette right there. A Halloween costume that I'd imagine is not getting as much run in New England these days. We just saw a disrespected Dabo <clears throat> Swinney go off on a caller, uh, Tyler from Spartanburg in South Carolina for a similar reason. But, Dad, I don't see a rant like that anywhere in Bill's future. No, Bill doesn't really do rants, quite honestly. <laughs> Could you imagine yeah. how cool that would be if one day he finally just snapped? Could you imagine how that would be the most played sound bites of all time if Bill was ever to go on a rant? God, it would be I, unbelievable. I would pay such good money to see that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, next one. We have a rookie QB. It includes Hellman's mayonnaise, banana, a rocket arm, haters, not included, is Gia Duddy. Ooh, wow. Well, I mean, that if the last part didn't drive it home already, honestly, this was from line one, Dad. Uh, the Mayo Menace himself, Will Levis, coming off a massive weekend, ah, uh, yep. tossing four tutties in his rookie debut for the Tennessee Titans, donning their Houston Oilers jerseys. Again, the throwbacks went 4-0 and in the last Love two that. weeks. But, Dad, I, it, the... I get associated with mayonnaise a lot because of what I did in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Yes, you do. The only person who matches and exceeds that intensity is Will Levis, who had a bunch of feats to his name. He bit through the side of a banana peel and all, and then put mayonnaise in his coffee, which is even a a line too far for me in the mayonnaise. The only thing I'll say is your your body looks like you eat mayonnaise. His really doesn't. Man, let me tell you what. We need we need Will Levis, by the way, to put on for jacked quarterbacks. Like we yeah. need this to be yeah. a run because we had to hear as Notre Dame fans about how Brady Quinn might have been too jacked to play quarterback yeah. coming yeah. out of college and going to the NFL. And I'm sure people had thir- similar things to say about Will Levis. We need jacked quarterbacks to have a home in the NFL. It shouldn't just be noodle arms out here. You got to be able to go out here and be an absolute unit and play NFL. Quarterback. How great would it be, Mike, if someone ever said about one of us that we were too jacked? Oh, my God. That's the dream. It would That's be the awesome, wouldn't it? Uh, Jesse, I love how Jesse felt bad when I said Mike looks like he eat mayonnaise and Will doesn't, but Mike knows that. He understands completely what I was saying there, right? Oh, my God. Where's yeah. the yeah. pudding as a kid, for yeah, God's exactly. sake? Yeah. Sure, yeah. It's not a great thing. Uh, it's, it's so true. Being... I got called a silverback gorilla one time in an Orange Theory class in Miami, and it's to this day the nicest thing that anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> wow. I've never felt more alive. You go to sleep and think about that every night. I love that. Every yeah. night.
Uh, okay, guys, we have sensitive superstar now, and I would like to point out that this is not strictly football related. These costumes, Ooh. so I'll just. Well, point I know that where out. we're going already on this one. Okay, so sensitive superstar. It includes a burner phone, two all-star teammates, multiple Twitter accounts. Not included in this kit is going to be loyalty. Wow, wow. When, you, when we first started out, I thought we were going down the road of James Harden, but we're going with Kevin Durant, are we Let's not? go! Durantula. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. A burner is still amazing to have a burner. I mean, just actually it seems like a lot of work, quite honestly, for and me. I will, so. I will say, post-burner account, Kevin Durant has aged remarkably on the internet. He's become one of our foremost poster athletes. Agree. And I now absolutely agree. He like routinely jumps into Twitter spaces and will just debate fans yep. and debate other pundits. He just loves sitting around and talking ball. We've heard him talk about his approach to playing. I'm just going to do me. I just want to go ball and play. I want to compete as the teammates around him have constantly cycled over the years. But man, this dude just loves chopping it up and talking ball. So I think he's aged remarkably in that manner. Yeah, I, I a thousand percent agree. I think he's done a nice job coming along there. The biggest slight against Kevin Durant is still that he re rejected the nickname the Slim Reaper, which is one of the coolest things it you is could a very have called cool a basketball yeah. player. And yeah. so I'm always going to feel some type of way about yeah. that, Jesse. You also shouldn't be allowed to reject nicknames. Okay, uh, guys, let's go old QB now. So this includes a pinch of karma cleanse, inflated ego, MVP awards, rocket arm, repaired Achilles, and not included is going to be a medical degree. <laughs> he outsources that to Joe Rogan. That is yeah. one Aaron Rodgers. Who <laughs> yesterday, as my I think my brother and his wife were watching the Pat McAfee show, and my nephew looked up at the TV at Aaron Rodgers and said, "Dad," because yeah. Aaron Rodgers and my brother bear a striking resemblance. So uh, there's that too to go along with this. So shout out to Jackson, who usually is watching the show in the morning. Hey, boy, here. Jackson. What's oh up, my bud? God. Wow. Yeah, how, about that? Boy, and how, about, how about Aaron Rodgers out there throwing the ball, you know, pregame? I mean, just dude, dude loves to be out there doing his thing, but it is pretty amazing for how short time ago he had that surgery. He's out there stepping in before he was just kind of standing. Now he's stepping a little bit and slinging it. In a day and age where people on OnlyFans are selling like bathwater and farts, I feel like bottling dolphin oh, sex God. noises is going to have a real renaissance post Aaron Rodgers recovery here. Oh my God! I mean, it's uh, just uh, unbelievable. I also I was did say. not know how to say that word. Pancha is that the actual cleanse that he did, producer Slate? Yeah, that's Pancha Karma. I don't. I don't that's know. the one where he was like throwing up all the time, which yeah. I think is part of the ayahuasca thing. I think the ayahuasca really? trip was part of the Pancha. I think I. Honestly, he had enough cleanses where you can definitely yeah. tell he's spent lived and grown up in California that I couldn't keep track of them all. But yeah, yes, a lot of that right, Jesse. A lot of roads he's going down. There's no doubt about it. I yeah. would never do one of those cleanses. Mm -mm. No. Nope. No. Nope. No. Would not do it. You not have to go into he. It was like seven days of like cleansing. I think you can only have water. I wonder. No. No. To that point, yeah, because you're right. Like everything he did sounded miserable. Like honestly, he has my respect in a weird way for putting himself through all that stuff. Uh, outside of the darkness retreat, that just seems like a nice chance for nap time. It's a great uh, nap, phenomenal nap. Too long. I would learn nothing from it, but just get great sleep. Too many days. Yeah. Yeah, too many too many days could be the criticism. I do wonder what Aaron Rodgers' approach to Halloween is because he's a guy who seems to love mysticism. He dated a witch for a while. He got that complicated astrological tattoo. So I wonder what his affinity for a holiday like Halloween. No. This seems like this would be right up his alley. He's got he's got time now to put some effort into it, right? 
He's got the time. Yeah, but I feel like he, he we, we're like, oh, Halloween, like trick-or-treating and candy and costumes. And he's like, Halloween, summoning a demon with black salts. That Which would true, actually be cool. I would like that. Uh, Honestly, okay, I Moses? watched enough American Horror Story. I could be mm -hmm. into that stuff. And at this point, if that's what he's been doing, I'm sure Jets fans looking on and watching him pregame, understanding that, yeah, beating the Giants was fun in the NFL punt fiesta, but if we'd like to actually do anything of value, Aaron Rodgers, who I don't believe is going to come back no, this season. No, I want to no, say I that very not. loud. But you know what? I'm not a Jets fan who is working overtime with a Ouija board to convince themselves <laughs> that otherwise might be true. And Love so they would probably board. encourage Aaron Rodgers to go ahead and bring that demon to the light. It's the most wonderful time of the year. March Madness getting ready to go in college basketball. And we got some of the best stars in the sport finally trying to close the deal. Zach Eady at Purdue trying to see if he can cap off an historic career with the championship. Much like his counterpart on the women's side and Caitlin Clark, who's been one of the biggest names in sports this entire year and is looking to see if she can snag that elusive championship that's eluded her during her career. Regardless of who makes it to that final game of the tourney, though, one thing's for certain. It's going to take the most talented people like the two I just mentioned working together to help these teams play at a high level. If you're hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. How do you find them? ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter uses matching technology to score excellent candidates for your job. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And once you review your list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply, so they're more likely to apply sooner. Pick ZipRecruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So we just did our Spirit Halloween costumes blind resume for a couple of sports figures there. It's great stuff. Great job by the staff here. Jesse, Dad, though, I have questions for you guys as the card-carrying parents on the show here. I, as a non-parent, yesterday had to go over to the actual Spirit Halloween store, which one of my favorite signs of the times. Like, just every year you've got markers for the fall and seeing yep. the Spirit Halloween stores pop up in random warehouses and stuff like that really just warms my cold heart. And I had to go in there yesterday to pick up my Rex Kwando costume and try and adjust on the fly because my other costume wasn't going to make it here in time. And so I'm going the day before Halloween. I'm doing the thing you're not supposed to do. There you go. It's like Christmas shopping on the Christmas Eve, yeah. It's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. But I walked in there, and I want to know, where does Halloween rank? And like having to go and do the Halloween costume shopping, having to take your kids out trick-or-treating, where does it rank on the list of things that suck about being a parent? Because I saw a line well, a mile long in here of crying kids. It's a store that's got a bunch of noisemakers going off in it, so I can't tell, is that scream coming from the giant animatronic leather face over there? Or is another kid crying in there? What the hell's going on? Dad, what was your experience well, with us growing up with this stuff? Like? I mean, luckily it's a place that's going to be noisy anyway, right? You, you sure. especially, And one of the keys here, do we have one kid or multiple kids? You know, there was a difference of when we were taking you and Jake and then when Sydney came into the fray, you know, taking three kids out somewhere. Now, you know, you're, you're playing zone. You know, you can't play man-to-man. -man. Uh, and, and we were always 
happy to go to a place, like I said, that's loud. So where you can kind of blend in. Then do you start to have kids that misbehave, start running around? The worst is because you want to think you're a good parent. And one of the worst things is, is when you're in public and you're trying to corral your kids and they don't listen. Yes, I mean, that's that, what I saw a lot of. Yes, that's what because, I saw a lot because of. Because then you're worried about the, now there's the public perception of, man, my kids aren't, everybody thinks my, you know, my kids run the show, they don't listen to me, which is, you know, pretty much true. Um, but that that's the worst thing is when you're in a public setting, multiple kids, or even one at that point, and they do not, you know, get back in this cart or get over, and they don't. They go run and take off, or they take stuff off the shelves and they throw it. That's kind of the worst part, because now it's one thing when it's at home. It's another thing when it's out in front of a bunch of people. Yeah, that's... Yes, yeah, I see a lot of nods of agreement over there and a long, faraway look in your eyes there. Did that hit close to home? Yes, but also I will say my child is, you know, about to turn 18 months old. So this is kind of their first real Halloween. Like last right, year, right. she was just a blob. So this year is her first real Halloween. And I ordered her costume on the internet. I'm, I wasn't going to go to the spirit of Halloween and try and pick a pick a costume out in person. And as for trick-or-treating, she doesn't really get it. I had to, She says, happy Halloween. Great. Right. I don't know if she really understands trick-or-treating. I think like I have yet to experience the like multiple children really understanding halloween thing yeah you you haven't just yet it's just like our you know jackson my grandson he's like 16 months old he'll go out for his first halloween tonight i think he's going you know they're putting his strollers like a plane yeah and i know jenny she dressed up like a pilot it was phenomenal it looked hilarious it was very very cool but kind of in the same breath not really knowing what it's about you'll get there man when they can start running around and doing their thing and then when you throw multiples like you're going into it in a couple of years jesse you're going to feel that we're having to corral them both you know, and, and try and handle that. For the most part, you kids were good, but every parent kind of says that, thinks their kids are good, and then all of a sudden, from the outside looking in, they're like, "Who are these?" You know, ragamuffin, you know, ragamuffin kids. Yeah. Do you need to just like drink? Does that help? Just well, like, I I have done that. Well, we've gone out on Halloween. You know, the kids are running down while the kids are running down, knocking on the door. The parents are up, you know, on the street, you know, having a hot toddy, you yeah. know, doing their thing. Yeah. I think yeah, that's pretty the way much. to do it. Yeah. That's I don't even have kids, and that's what I do now. I go trick or treating my friends that have kids just to get drunk and walk around outside in Southern California. Because it's, it's awesome. fun. It's so fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It got to a point where Sydney was when she was young. She was a swimmer, so she would be really tired all the time, and she would stay up at the top and have her friends go get her candy while she laid down on the lawn. So we didn't have to worry about her running around too much because she was always too tired. But I have a question. Um, what was your Halloween candy policy, senior? In oh, your house, listen, like, just free for all or what? This is this is non. Well, when the kids were growing up, and they went trick or treating, there was certainly a vig, right? When they came home, you know, I I would take ten percent of the candy, um, <laughs> and I would get to choose the candy. They were they weren't allowed allowed to give it to. You. Oh, I took your candy. You just didn't know it. Ooh. You know, if you found out, you know, you cried. Um, so yeah. I, I would take their candy. As an adult giving out candy, uh, Chris and I, my wife, we are big candy bars. Give and, and listen, now, one thing we found out when we did that is you still get small kids, you know, like like your daughter would, would you know come to the door and such. And there were some parents that said, Hey, can you not give my kid a, you know, monster size Hershey bar? You know, they're eighteen months old. So we would get minis as well. But for Ours. the most part, we are giving out big 
candy bars. And as I've said for decades, this is one night. Don't pull the rotting your teeth card, dentist card, all that kind of garbage. Give out candy. Enjoy giving out candy. Laugh with the kids. Smile with the kids. Let them eat their chocolate. Let them eat their favorite candy. Give them big bars if you can, and then we worry about it the next day or the next week, or not at all. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, when I was growing up, my my mom used to... I think it was like we had a couple days where we were allowed to keep the Halloween candy, and then at like the end of the week, she threw it out. Threw it out, and oh. we would put it in the freezer and, yeah. and and leave it there, and just and the, but unfortunately, I would be the one picking at it all the time once it was in the freezer. That's why I'm like, I, I need Halloween to be over because I've been eating yeah. the Halloween candy all yeah. week. Oh, I've been eating it already. It's ready to go right, right by the door. There, I just go yeah, by. Yeah, it's and, in and the bowl, and I'm just like yeah. taking it. Yeah, that's Favorite. the worst part. Yeah. Is last year I walked back with extras after going over and helping hand out candy at my friend's house, and I didn't have the wherewithal to throw it away. It yep. sat in there for months, and I would just go by every day and pick a couple of little yep. ones out there, and pick a couple of fun size one out there, or eat a little bit more candy corn. I just bought a whole thing of candy corn pumpkins that are over on my counter. I didn't need those. That's my second bag of the year. Don't look at the nutrition facts ever. It'll no. scare the hell ever. out of you. Mm -hmm. Ever. Favorite candy. This is always the great debate. Favorite candy. So my top three are pretty easy for Halloween. Reese's Shapes sit at number one any given season. Now, the best Reese's product is probably the Fast Break Bar. So if you're going to get that, that would be the option. But working from the traditionals, I will go Reese's Shapes. In this case, it's Halloween. So there'll be pumpkins. Number two would be Twix. And number three would be the Kit Kat Bar, especially if we're operating with the traditional candies in mind. I am much more of a chocolate than a like fruity yep. kind of candy guy. And so that's my top three. Yeah, my Jesse, number what do you got? one is Reese's. I just those are my go-to. Your number one is Reese's. Okay, my yeah. three. Number three is Twix. Mike, we're we're along along the same line. Twix. Number two is Kit Kat. Number one is the plain, good old-fashioned Hershey bar. This is just the, takes. the Hershey bar. What? What? Why? Why you got to rip on that? Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? I'll go milk chocolate. Oh. I, I don't mind the dark chocolate, but I'll go. I, I'll go milk chocolate. Yeah. But plain. <laughs> Plain and simple, Hershey bar. There's well, nothing it's, it's wrong with candy. it, but it's just like saying your favorite flavor of ice cream is vanilla. Yeah. But it's not. It's chocolate, as you can tell by my candies. We it's chocolate. Known. We should have known. Yeah. Yeah, I should have guessed. Uh, seriously, yeah, like, you're saying a Hershey bar is a bad choice. Yes. And for your it's number one candy. It's a basic bitch choice. That's <laughs> what I would say. It's a basic bitch it is, choice. It is. A, she is right about that, Dad. I think that's the problem is... You know what? If this were 1935 and we're just getting around to the concept of candy when you were born and you want to go and say, you know what? I love a chocolate. Did you hear the news? They debuted the Hershey's chocolate bar. <laughs> Seriously. This is remarkable. Your, They're getting ready to launch now. the Titanic. Because it's been around for a long time, it's the wrong choice to have as your favorite candy. It's not wrong. It's, it's just one of the most popular. It's one of those most popular just, candies out there. We've, yeah. we've come so far and we've added so many other things Innovation. to the equation like you can get chocolate and peanut butter you can get chocolate and nougat in other places right Caramel. and i do enjoy that but why is it wrong to just enjoy the taste of chocolate it's not We're wrong not saying it's wrong it's, it's not wrong. just basic it's just basic and we, we just you know we we expected a little bit better from you but we forgot you have a baby palette so that's fine oh, there palette. are times i there are times i just hate you both yeah no I and this it. is one of them yeah i get them. it yeah
Listen, I don't like to cast judgment on you, but I have to right now because you forced me. Coming up next, judgment was in high order at one restaurant here. We get to that in the most famous mustache on the internet next. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. That means as we lurch towards March Madness, you can try and figure out who's going to win this whole thing. On the men's side, teams like UConn, Houston, and Purdue. On the women's side, South Carolina, Stanford, the Lady Irish and Notre Dame, or maybe Caitlin Clark's Iowa Hawkeyes finally get over the hump. Make the decision for yourself and head over and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO when you do. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code GOJO, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., and Jesse Cofield. It's time to finish this show off the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off on in your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating. Check us out here live Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on the DraftKingsNetwork.com, DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, and Roku. And if you missed any of today's show... Make sure you go check it out wherever you get your podcast here. We had some great guests. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus getting ready for the NFL trade deadline. Heather Dinich, ESPN mm. senior football writer, covering the college football playoffs. She's down getting ready for the rankings. We'll have a full rankings reaction for you tomorrow on the show. Digest everything we've seen. Tell you exactly what it means for you and your favorite team going forward. And... I'll likely be nursing a vicious sugar hangover and a real hangover because I'm going to drink and hand out candy and take my tax the way my father taught me to going into <laughs> You tonight. have to, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with taking a tax on, on, on your kid's candy. Well, for me, it's not my kid's candy. It's the candy like I'm sitting there helping hand out at the front door. Once we right. take my buddy's kid out trick-or-treating, then I'll be sitting there giving it out. And last year, his my buddy's wife, my friend Dane, proud listener of the podcast, his wife Hillary made a great buffalo chicken dip. And oh, so we sat on the front porch with candy. Wow. We ate buffalo chicky dip. And then we had candy and poured oh. it over the top there the way Jesus intended for us to do on Halloween when he started the holiday. That, so That is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to go and do that and also be drinking during See, that right time. now, so that's where we're at. Yeah, because you guys aren't, you know under our thumb anymore walking around trick-or-treating so i have to dip into the candy that we're giving out the kids in the neighborhood here uh we're not drinking along the way there uh but we i i am definitely eating the candy it's a the fun here is the dogs reactions we let all three dogs out on the front porch when the kids come up and they like to play with the dogs it's a pretty fun thing but uh it's it is alcohol free though mike unlike your situation where there's plenty of it It'd be a hell of a lot cooler if you did drink, but you know we'll uh, we'll let that one ride, and we will get to this, that, and the third. Uh, and let's start off with this, guys. Uh, we talked about judgment 
in the world of parenting, which we'll get to. But first, we have got to get to something, Dad, tried and true that you and I have both abided by. Jesse, I don't know where you fall on scratch-off lottery tickets, but this has been a Golic family tradition for yep. a long time. My parents, when they would come home, arms full of scratch-offs for our whole family to go through and just try and shred in hopes that we finally hit the jackpot, it was like mana from heaven. And that's what we had with our friend Jimmy Butler yesterday. Here he was, I think on Instagram Live, going Going through and doing scratch offs for a desperate nation. 31, 32? No, that would be 52. Come on! 10 bucks. I'll take it. I'll take my 10. Yep, 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 yep. Not a damn thing. I can't never get rich, man. It's crazy. Just gonna have to work my day job, man. Flex when you scratch it off, yep, and there do. is something very pleasing, Jesse. I don't know how big it's in the scratch off game you are. We also love the pop, the pull tabs at the pull bar tab. that you can sometimes yep. get. Yeah, but the scratch offs, you get that sensation of being able to rub off that weird material with the coin. Ooh, I'm getting quickly just thinking about it. You should hand those out to the kids. Scratch off tickets. Oh, I completely Honestly. agree. I completely agree. I think that is an awesome thing to do. We. We love them. I mean, we get them by the handful, and then we take the winnings, and we go buy more until it either whittles down to nothing, which it usually does, or goes up in a big amount. But, yeah, we are big, big fans of the scratch-off. Though some of these games, man, there is a lot of scratching off you got to do uh, to get to nothing, in all honesty, at times. So there is a lot of a mess that it can make. Yeah, well, he, I just thought it was hysterical. He was like, man, I can never get rich. Guess I have to get yeah. back to my day job. I was like, I think he's making like this year, he's making like 38 million or something. Yeah, so. yeah. Too bad. But hey, you, know, you what? know what? 38 mil and 10 bucks, a $10 winning scratch off still gets you excited. There's some, I like that. It's Let's pretty cool. Let's go. There. It's not quite Powerball, but it's going to get Jimmy right. through the day here and mm -hmm. maybe buy him half of one of his own coffees. Jesse, let's get to that, though. Um, we talked about parent disrespect before, and that was at an all-time high at one restaurant full of children. Yeah, so this is a restaurant in Georgia. So here's what happened. So a family, multiple families, went out to eat. Apparently, there were 11 children ages 3 to 8. At the end of the meal, they get their bill, and there is a fee tacked on to the end for what it calls bad parenting. The restaurant calls it bad parenting, basically saying you can't control your loud children. So we're adding a surcharge to your bill. The internet is very divided over this situation, guys. I don't know what your take is. Uh, my take is well, that is a lot of kids, 11 children, but still, come on. We have been out like that you know when when the kids are growing up and they played on a basketball team or a baseball team and you go out and you take all the kids out you have parents with you there were other parents here as well and it is it can be it can be a bit of mayhem you got to pick the spot carefully right of where you're going to go you're not going to some fine dining place you're going to go that hopefully is a little loud and rambunctious and she thought again that her kids were being really good and expected the manager to come up and, and compliment her on that. But you always have the weird view of how your kids are to you and how your kids are to public. I wasn't there. Uh, she said a lot of them were outside with some of the parents and they were running around out there. But a $50 surcharge, I love the ending. US, uh, what was it? They called the restaurant for a, a comment by them about this $50 surcharge, and their quote was, we're not going to comment on a policy we've had for years. We just want to live in the woods 
and cook. <laughs> I mean, I mean, okay. right. you know what? I, so I looked up this restaurant online. It's Tacoa Riverside Restaurant. It's in Tampa, Florida. I believe this is where it went down. And it basically looks like a lodge. Like it looks like a cracker barrel. And you don't get right. to all of a sudden pull this high and mighty card right. where you're basically a glorified cracker barrel from what I've seen. Give me a break on that one. I recognize kids can be, listen, as like a yeah. person who doesn't have kids, when I encounter large groups of kids in public, I always feel secondhand embarrassment for what I had to be like clearly as a chatty fat kid because all they're trying to do, especially groups of boys, is they're loud and they're yep. trying to show each other up and one-up each other and impress True. their friends and they're always at Chipotle eating lunch when I'm in there, probably skipping school on their e-bikes and they're always really loud so I get it, they could be annoying, but this is a pretentious charge and this restaurant is ashamed of themselves. I agree, I, I I think it's absolutely ridiculous, and I would just not, you know, and they'd probably be happy if I didn't take my kids there if their restaurant is doing well. But yeah, yeah. I, that was a little, that would make me say, you know what, I I don't need you guys, and hey, if you don't need us, that's cool. I'll find somewhere else to go. You're not going to bump me fifty bucks because you think my kids were bad and call it a bad parenting charge. But I will say. One thing we always did, Jesse, with, with kids is we tipped really well. Right. Because if you yes. looked under our table when the kids were done, what a mess it was. And we would try and clean up some of it, but we certainly could never get all of it. So, man, we laid down some good tips. It's like be respectful as parents, but also yep. then society should just respect the fact that we can't expect kids to act like adults. Yes. Exactly. Now, if they destroyed property in there, and we find out any Different more about story. that, I will right. retract some of my right. statement. Right. But in the meantime, you should be ashamed of yourselves. We also mm -hmm. need Stugatz to try and call this restaurant and get a reservation for mm -hmm. 12 kids yes. to put on the Dan Levitard show. Free one for you, <laughs> Stugatz there. God bless football. Stupidity. Um, Jesse, let's get to the third here. Internet sensation. Dollarita Steve has entered the chat. So there was an earthquake in San Francisco on Friday, okay? They're out interviewing people after the earthquake. They interview Dollarita Steve, who goes viral for getting on camera and just saying he was slamming Dollaritas when the earthquake <laughs> went down. Take a look at this guy. This is why he's going viral, everybody. Oh, uh, well, I was just slamming some Dollaritas up at the Applebee's and uh, with my friends, and it was, a big, it was a big shake. It was only like... Probably a couple seconds, but it was really, everyone, like, stopped talking, yeah. It was, it was heavy. It was a big one. I mean, you look at the mustache. It's just, you can't blame the, the internet for thirsting over him. Well, see, this is this is Travis Kelsey's America. This is what he's done to mustache conversations now. Because, Dad, I don't look at this guy and see, like, overly, objectively handsome, but the internet lost their minds for Buddy. They, they did, and, and what, and this is... You know, for a local news, when you go out and you're interviewing bystanders, you're never, you know, a lot of times you're going to get someone that gives a yes, no answer, or and you're just like, God, I got nothing. You got something here, right? When you can get a guy that goes virally, viral sensation, you're like, okay, we hit gold with this guy. Because you look at him and you're listening like, okay, that was, that was all right. That was fine. But man, it went viral and that's all that matters. And listen, you know what? I don't think there's going to be a lady out there that would complain about a first date slamming Dollaritas at Applebee's with this guy. That's Boom. all I'm saying. We hope you don't complain about listening to the show. Download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating. Have a great uh, Halloween. Well, Give I out king-size candy bars. Be safe. We'll talk to you tomorrow.